hooray, hooray. I saw some of you guys bouncing to the video out there. So I know like you are my people. Um, thank you, Dr. Zarns. What a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. Um, my name is Dr. Shauna Crawford. I serve as training director at Convoy of Hope. But previous to that, for 12 years, I worked at a university similar to North Central. So I know you all are like where it's at in the world. College students, you are poised um, to really make a difference and be a world changer for the Lord. And so I'm honored to speak with you today. I love what Dr. Zarn said as he was closing worship. He was talking about your heart. And before we say anything today, your heart is the most important part. And that is really what we long to engage with today is, yes, your mind, I hope you learn a few new things, but it's really all about your heart. Your heart is the most important part. So Dr. Zarns, thank you for helping us all to have that moment where you're already leaned in with your mind and your heart both to what the Lord wants to speak to you today. So I'm really excited to share with you today about Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is an international compassion organization serving people all over the world. And it really is incredible to see all that God is doing all over the world. We're gonna focus today on Feed One. Feed One funds children's feeding at Convoy of Hope. Feed One, the name, comes from Mother Teresa. And if you happen to not know of her, she's famous for serving the poor and suffering in India. And Mother Teresa said, if you can't feed 100, just feed one. And that's so powerful. It's amazing all that God is doing through the global ministries of Convoy of Hope. We give God all the glory for what he is doing, all of it. Since 1994, Convoy of Hope has served 250 million people. We've delivered $2.5 billion of product we have partnered with one million volunteers. That's one million people whose hearts are bent to the poor and suffering who have partnered with us. And we are currently feeding over 533,000 children in 3,800 program centers in 33 countries around the world. Yeah. Yeah, all praise to the Lord. Just incredible. And my friend Lauren's going to share a little bit more about that with you later. The numbers are incredible, but it really does. It really comes down to one child, one woman, one farmer, one disaster survivor, one community, one driving passion. And God is not done yet. We're excited about that. So to bring to life the mission and the vision of Convoy of Hope's Feed One initiative, I'm going to share with you about our three main global program initiatives at Convoy of Hope. I brought some props along today because who doesn't like a good prop, right? A little something to help you remember. So as I'm talking, I'm going to quiz you in a few minutes about the props and what they represent. Are you ready? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, ooh, you are ready. I love you guys, awesome, very good. Okay, so here's how the programs work together. Um, there is a beautiful, beautiful woman in Guatemala named Lagina, and she represents many, many, many women and children and people we're working with around the world. So Lagina was first introduced to Convoy of Hope through our Children's Feeding Initiative. And here's what happened. Lagina's son was enrolled in children's feeding. That meant he received a meal every school day. And this meal, it didn't just nourish his body. It empowered him to be at school and to learn in more meaningful ways, which was just incredible. Lagina began volunteering at her son's school with our children's feeding program. And there she was introduced to our agriculture and our women's empowerment initiatives. So through our agriculture initiative, she learned the skills to appropriately plant seeds in the ground and maximize her harvest. Alongside that, she participated in our women's empowerment programming. And she learned that God had given her skills and strategies and gifts and talents um, that she could use. And in learning that, she gained the confidence that she needed to buy a plot of land and begin farming broccoli. I was thinking about you guys a second ago, and I thought, does everyone know what this is? It's real broccoli. Here it is. This is broccoli, just so you know. It's really good. Try it. Some people like it with cheese. Uh, so, so here's what I want you to know, though, about Lagina. Lagina... It wasn't until she engaged in women's empowerment and learned about what God had gifted her with that she had the courage to buy a plot of land and uh, ended up now employing 27 other women. Talk about community transformation. God did more than she could, or we at Convoy of Hope, that that Lagina could ever have asked or imagined from the Lord. Just totally abundant. She never imagined being a business owner, but through the impact of first... Feed one, children's feeding, and connection with her son, she then learned agriculture and women's empowerment, right? And truly has a transformed life. Are you guys ready for the quiz? Did you catch all the ministries? Yes, here we go. Okay, so what did, first of all, what is this? Yes, oh, you're genius, awesome. And what does broccoli represent? Yes, agriculture. We're teaching farming skills to men and women like Lagina so that they can support their families and so that our agriculture initiatives can provide the food for children's feeding. And what did the blanket represent? Yes, women's empowerment. And what's so exciting to me about women's empowerment is that we help women in many countries around the world identify their God-given gifts, talents, abilities, strengths, so that they can become business owners. I wanted to tell you about this blanket in particular. It's from Tanzania, one of our first program countries for women's empowerment, and it's called a Shuka Maasai blanket. So there's women around the world, yes, planting crops like Lagina in Guatemala, but also making all kinds of things, jewelry, blankets, all kinds of things that are needed in their communities. Now the income Lagina generates from being able to plant broccoli Um, She's able to feed her own children and 27 other families just through her one ministry, which is just 
incredible. And that's really how um, these initiatives become a catalyst of change in the community. Now, how about the bowl? Yes, it is children's feeding. I see you. I love it. That is amazing. Good. So we serve students like Lagina's son in Guatemala. Many children in our programs come to school just to get food because they won't get, get any at home. So really, children's feeding isn't just providing nutritionally for students. It's providing educationally for students. And you can see how that would really change a community. Ultimately, Food security protects kids from things like human trafficking because um, families are no longer desperate to get their child a meal, right? And that's where the real power is. The food is literally rescuing children um, from really traumatic lives. It's amazing how the Lord is at work through Feed One to provide food for each child. And the Lord is helping us do this for just $10 a month. Just $10 a month provides food for one child every school day. So we're going to dig in to God's word and really learn more about why we're so passionate about the heart of God to help the poor and the suffering. I can't think of anybody better to do this than our VP of Convoy of Hope Education, Dr. Steve Pulis. So will you guys just like give it up for him? Yeah. Thank you, Shauna. So let's take the next few minutes and let's think about this question. How can you make a difference in your room, in your classroom, on this campus, in this city, around the world? How can God truly change lives? Well, Jesus provides us the answer through his example. And we're going to look in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, because it can be an a model for us to help us make a difference in the world. So follow along with me as we read these words. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, Jesus opened his eyes and he saw. This is the first step. Jesus saw the opportunity right where he was. What do you see when you look across the hall? When you look across the table at lunch, when you look across the classroom, when you look across the street, Jesus saw more than the superficial. He saw the depths of needs, and he didn't wait for someone else to help. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Harassed, helpless, hopeless, 
marginalized, mistreated, discarded, desperate, abandoned, forgotten, voiceless, vulnerable, undeserving, unloved, undervalued, unnoticed, underappreciated, outcast, sick, poor, hungry, sinners, persecuted, captives, those who weep, the weak, weary with heavy burden, the little ones, the least, the last, and the lost sheep. I see people I know on this list. I see myself on this list. Would you take your hands and just place them on your heart? Lord, help us to fine-tune our understanding of the needs around us. Rika is an example, and in a few moments, we're going to get to her story of how you can make a difference in the world around you. But first, I'd like to move on to step number two, because Jesus, in verse 36, had compassion. Jesus opened his heart, and he felt To be moved from a moment of compassion to make a difference in our world, we need to open our hearts. Compassion. Real quick, turn to the person next to you. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word compassion? You got 15 seconds. If you're in class this morning, some of us were with Pastor Josh. We know one answer to that. That's right. We know one thing. And and all I want to do is get us thinking about what do you think of when you think of compassion? Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Don't have time to fully explore that. You talked a little bit. We're thinking about what's compassion mean. Compassion means a lot of things. It's a deeply seated emotion. It's a strong word. We're talking about our hearts today, but in the Old Testament, it really had more to do with your intestines or your liver. That's what we affiliated compassion with instead of with our hearts. It's a deep gut level reaction of compassion. It's pity, but it's more than that. It's sympathy, but it's more than that. Jesus, his heart went out. Compassion literally means, this is what we shared in class this morning, if you take the Latin word, the literal part, and you divide compassion into its parts, com, C-O-M, English majors, what's com or C-O stand for? With, right? Yeah, several people knew that. With passion. Now, when I think about passion, I'm passionate about the Kansas City Chiefs. I grew up in the area. That's my team. I'm passionate about the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team. I graduated from high school nearby, so I love what. But it's not that kind of passion. Those kind of passions kind of come and go, right? If we win, I am really passionate. When we lost last Tuesday night to BYU and fell apart at the end of the game, Anyway, that's another story for another day. But, you know, when you're 10 years old, you're passionate about some things. When you're 16, you're passionate about something else. When you're 25 and 55, your passion shift. It's not that kind of passion. If you take the literal meaning of the word compassion, you look at passion, passion means suffer. Think more about the Passion Week of Christ coming up in the next few weeks. That Passion Week, the week before his death, is all about his suffering passion, suffering. So if you put those two back together, calm, passion, what do you get? Yeah, to suffer with someone. That's the literal, that's really what compassion means. So when you see Jesus had compassion, how do we suffer with someone? You see, Jesus had more than sympathy. That's feeling what someone's feeling. That's important. He even had more than empathy. He had that too, and that's leaning more into the understanding part of compassion. Jesus suffered with. In our case, he suffered for 
us as well. Jesus had a practical response that meets the need he saw. His emotion resulted in caring and effective action. In this case, in the verses that follows, he sends his followers, his disciples out to continue to do the same things that he's been doing. Once more, a moment ago, we put our hands on our hearts. Would you just one more time do that? Lord, right now, symbolically, let us see, but let us feel. Let us understand. Let us suffer with those around us. Show us what that looks like. Rika is a great example of someone when we open our eyes, we open our hearts, and when we open our hands through Feed One, lives can be changed. So I want you to watch her story. Sometimes we bananas or fried fish fritters. 
could even have chocolate rice porridge. I'm happy for my brothers and sisters because we all have nutritious food. They give us enough for all of us to eat. The baby girlfriend helps us so much without expecting anything in return. Gamboy and Pope has helped the kids with their studies, provided blankets, thrown Christmas parties, and made sure we have what we need. Sometimes I go here so I can give back to the organization that has changed our lives. I want to be a teacher because I want to help the children in the streets who are just like me. You know, we open our eyes, then we open our hearts. Next step is to open our hands. Verse 35, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. Jesus went to them. Love is never passive. Love is an action verb. Love is a choice. We get to go and do something. Jesus went and proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom. Think about how he did it. In John chapter 4, consider the woman at the well. Jesus treated her with dignity while revealing himself as truth. If your compassion isn't wrapped around the person and work of Jesus Christ, then it's hollow. One more time, if your compassion isn't wrapped around the person and work of Jesus Christ, then it's hollow. Our hope for the poor and suffering is firmly grounded in Jesus. He's my hope. He's our hope. He's their hope as well. I believe God has plans and dreams. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to plant within some of your lives things that we can't even ask or imagine right now. I know this generation is going to make a difference in their world, right, where they're at now and where God sends them in the next few years. And I believe the Holy Spirit is shaping some of that right now in moments like this chapel, in the classrooms that you're in, in conversations in dorms, in coffee with professor. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying there's something out here that you're going to do that's never happened before and we'll be amazed in five years in 10 years in 15 years maybe it's with convoy of hope maybe there's a million more convoy of hopes coming i don't know what god's going to do but he's going to use you to do it if you'll open your eyes if you'll open your hearts if you'll open your hands one last time would you just put your hands in front of you lord show us what we can do we can emulate Jesus. We open our eyes, we open our hearts, when we open our hands. God moves from moments of compassion to actually spark opportunities where we can share Jesus through compassion.
Verse 38, as I'm ending, says, Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Ask God to show you what you can do to make a difference in your room, in your classroom. What's God want to do in this city through you and through North Central University? What's God want to do through the world through you in the years ahead? Would you right now, as I pray, just say, Holy Spirit, drop a nudge into my life of showing me what you want to do, but God, lead my steps. As I pray, would you pray that to him and join with me as well? God, we come to you today with open eyes, with open hearts, with open hands. We're dependent upon you. We need you, but we want you because you know how you want to use our lives. You know what you want to do through us. So let this be one in a series of moments through time at this university where you shape and direct and show us what we can do to make a difference. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Gosh. I'm a crier on both sides of my family, so I'm like, how do you follow that up? I'm over here like weeping. Anyways, my name is Lauren. Uh, nice to meet you all. Um, I'm not a doctor like Shauna and Steve, so that's kind of, <laughs> thanks guys, kind of hard to follow with that. Um, I have my MBA though, so I guess that's something. Do we have any business majors in the room this morning? Okay, I see. guys, yes, thank you for what you do. I appreciate you. Um, so this morning, we have one last story to share with you. I know it's an early morning, um, so let me share Amelia's story. So Amelia is a woman, really, who has made giving to Feed One a part of everything that she does. It all started when she was literally in your seat. She was pursuing her undergrad degree in elementary education. Um, do we have any education majors? Yeah? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we don't deserve you, period. Thank you for what you do. I'm <laughs> like, we don't deserve you. You guys are teachers. Like, we need more, yeah, amazing teachers. Anyways, so with that, uh, she's pursuing that program. She joined a campus ministry that partners with us. And through her time in that ministry, she learned more about how Convoy serves long-term in communities and decided that she wanted to start giving $10 a month to Feed One. So fast forward a few years, Amelia is now graduated. She's working full-time, doing the thing. And at the time, the company she was working for um, gave $1,000 at Christmas time uh, to each employee to give to any charity of their choice. I'm like, dang, that's a cool like, company to be working for. And so she chose to give that money to Feed One. And because of that decision, that led to a relationship between Feed One and that company's charitable foundation. And so fast forward a few more years, that company has now given over $43,000 to Feed One. Isn't that amazing? So amazing. Um, and so that's equivalent to feeding over 350 children every school day for an entire year. So if you think about that, that, for some of you, that was the size of your entire school growing up. So that's significant. And that's the power of one. It's the power of one that we are seeing. So uh, again, the story didn't end when Amelia and her husband got married. They decided they wanted to set the tone for their marriage. And for them, that looked like um, giving 20% of their cash fund from their wedding to feed one. I'm like, come on now. I'm like, that's awesome. Um, I have other things that I feel like I'd be spending it on. And so uh, major props to them for doing that. And we had the chance to sit down and talk with Amelia. And she shared that it was a no-brainer for them. And that when asked why she continues to give to feed one after all these years, after having learned it, literally sitting in your seat, learning about feed one, 
She says that giving to feed one is giving life to those I can't reach, but God can. Which I'm like, dang girl, that preaches right there. But (laughs) really, really incredible, and we're grateful for her support. So there are students in this room, um, you know, you guys have heard messages similar maybe to this, um, and but you're like, okay, well, great, uh, what do I do? Uh, what does this practically look like for me? And if you grew up with a faith background, you probably heard the phrase that we're called to love the poor and the suffering and be the hands and feet of Jesus, and I get it. When you've heard that over and over again growing up, um, it can lose its meaning that way. I get it. And I, I felt similarly in college uh, whenever we would have these kind of conversations. But I just want to challenge us this morning to open our hearts. Kind of what, like, the, I feel like that's the word for this morning. Just open our hearts, God. Open our hearts. Um, and, okay, first off, the worship team, you guys are fire, okay? I know I'm an old person. I'm, like, 25 over here. But that, like, for the vocalists that were up here, thank you. First off, thank you so much for what you guys do. Like, that was amazing. You're giving other schools a run for their money for the worship team. I'm like, come on. It's true. It's true. It had to be said. Anyways, <laughs> so with that, um, I think the simplest way that we can live our lives more like Jesus is by opening our eyes to the needs around us. And for some of you, that's getting a coffee for your friend if you know they're having a hard time, if they're depressed or just having a hard season of life. Or you have a teammate if you're on a sports team. I was a swimmer in college. I know you guys don't have a swim team here, but yeah, swimmers, I, I see. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, I love it. Swimmers are, I'm biased, but they're amazing. So all those ways are ways that you can live your life more like Jesus. And that includes if you hear about Feed One today and you're like, yeah, that's something I want to get behind. That's something I want to partner with. And so I want to share just a little bit more about what $10 through Feed One does, the impact that we're able to have. So with $10, um, you are able to give a kid an education and a kid can receive a meal every school day. Um, $10 is really incredible um, to, to see that. And 100% of what you give to Feed One goes to feeding kids all over the world. And so, as Shauna said earlier, we are currently feeding 533,000 children every school day. And that number is great. We're so grateful to be able to do that. But we have a goal um, that is fueled by our belief that meals transform lives. Meals transform lives. I really believe that really do. And so our goal is to feed 1 million kids by the year 2030. Um, So once again, feed 1 million kids each year by the year 2030. And we believe we can do that, and we would love for you to partner with us in that. And at this point, you guys can pull out your phone, and I, yeah, I'll pull out my phone too. And for those in the room that don't know how to scan a QR code, I was told maybe some faculty members (laughs) may not know how to scan a QR code, so pull up the camera icon on your phone like this. I sound like Sebastian from, um, it was a Little Mermaid. He's like, kiss it like this. Pull out your phone like this. Um, anyways, okay, scan. Scan it and pull it up. It'll give you some options so you can give. Um, you just put in your information. Man, guys, it's, it's a morning. It's a morning. Here we are. <laughs> so we would love for you to check that out. Um, and once again, as Shauna had said earlier, We're called Feed One because Mother Teresa once said, if you can't feed 100 people, then feed just one. So, hey, if you can feed 100 people, please. Yeah, if you guys have that, please, by all means. We would love that. But if it's only just feeding one, that is totally fine. 
and we would love that. And that's impactful, and we're so grateful. But giving today means you're helping us continue to feed the 533,000 children we're already feeding and help us reach that goal of feeding a million kids each year by the year 2030. And while you're at it, we would love for you to follow Convoy of Hope on all of our social media platforms. Um, if you would like to just stay up to date on all the stories and see the impact that your giving is making. And as you leave today, um, I know you have a lot going on today, uh, probably sports practices, classes, exams, all the things. Uh, but I just want to challenge you to know that, that God sees you. He wants to meet you right where you're at, and he will honor your giving. So thank you for helping us uh, feed kids and giving them the ability to uh, live happy and healthy lives. And um, as we're closing out, um, we're going to be up here in the front if you guys have any questions uh, or want to talk to us about anything. So uh, thank you so much, North Central. We hope you have a great rest of your day.